Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Yippee ki yay, motherfuckers, and welcome to uh, Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the podcast where we ask 20 weird and wonderful questions about a movie. So, as you can hear, uh, this is Liz. I am hosting the podcast today, and the movie we are obviously doing is Die Hard related. It is Die Hard 4.0, Live Free to Die Hard, and it is sort of my favorite of the Die Hard series. Uh, Blasphemy! Sort of. I'll get to that. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain, and I'll explain a bit more when I get to my score and stuff, but I've been hassling Sam to do this movie for a little while, and he has actually agreed this week because it's my birthday. Yay, yay me. Yay. Happy birthday, Liz. Happy birthday. Totally 21. That's, that's <laughs> how old I am. Uh-huh. You yay. totally look it, man. You look like you've done it a few times, but yeah, you're totally looking 21. <laughs> yeah, uh, rude. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking pretty worn out today. I've had three nights of drinking in a row, and I, I am not 21, so therefore I am not able to do three nights of drinking in a row. And I'm finishing it off tonight with a big birthday barbecue, so I'm really going to die. So that's great. I'm going to die hard, in fact. Yeah. Um, well, you've got to live free or die hard. That's the one. Yeah, Liz. that's the plan. I might try and do both. So cool. um, as you can hear with me today, I have the spectacular Stacey and the very special Sam. Um, so <laughs> it's all your favorites. Do you like how that sounded like a compliment? Yes. But it wasn't really a comment. Yes, that was quite well done. <laughs> I thought so. Yes. Um, I've got no comment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yay. Uh, all your favourites here to chat about Die Hard. And um, we've got loads of good questions coming up and we're going to have a great time. So uh, Die Hard 4.0. The plot is basically that John McClane surprisingly becomes embroiled in a uh, major terrorist type event for a change. We are uh, a bunch of basically cyber terrorists try and take down America by attacking the country's critical infrastructure. And I think Sam probably has a list of like scores and crap that he would like to read out now. I do. 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 4 out of 5 on Common Sense Media. So kind of high scores. I was yeah. quite surprised. I was actually really surprised. Those are quite I'm quite surprised, and I quite like the movie. So, yeah. So, is there anything else I'm supposed to have said? The only thing you're missing, Liz, is the cast. So starring Bruce Willis as John McClane, reprising his role from the previous Die Hard films, Justin Long as Matt Farrell, Timothy Oliphant as Thomas Gabriel, Cliff Curtis as Bowman, Maggie Q as Mai, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Lucy McClane slash Lucy Gennaro. Yeah, pretty good cast. Timothy Oliphant was hot. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah, so cool. In that case, let's get cracking on with our questions. We always start the podcast with um, a compliment sandwich, which is where we give one good thing, one bad thing, one good thing about the movie. We can also do a shit sandwich, so one bad thing, one good thing, one bad thing. Or if you really love the movie, you could do all good things, but I don't think anyone's going to be doing that. So, Stacey, would you like to start us off? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, I'm giving this a compliment sandwich. In this movie, I've picked out a couple of little segments that I really loved. One is, think about this for a second. The bad guy in this movie is seen several times using a reusable cup to drink his coffee out of. Oh, that's nice. Okay. We're like 10 seconds into the podcast and we've had the Stacey answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing it <laughs> early. I'm bringing she it early. The bad guy like is it. environmentally friendly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm Conscious. saying. This is the but kind of... 
him because he's trying to save the world, right? So Exactly. So I'm like, okay, so what are the good guys doing? Usually you see cops and baddies and stuff on these movies with all their paper cups or, dispo- you know, like the non-recyclable disposable cups. Anyway, well done, Gabrielle. My bad thing is there was a bit of a lull in the middle. I kind of got quite into it for the first kind of hour or so, and then I got a little bit bored and then, yeah, tuned back in at the end. That could be to do more with me than the movie because that happens. You just clearly love action. You just (laughs) want action (laughs) all the time. And in the movie, I loved, I think that it was the best use of American president um, speech montage video. Um, what the fuck by is a baby. It was just cool. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't find more Nixon. Is <laughs> any of the shit about the movie? <laughs> yeah, it is about the movie. I just talked about two good things yeah, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yep. That's, yeah. That's a point. Yep. Okay. All right, Sam. Well, then. Oh, no. Sorry, Stacey. I need to know your score then. Okay. I'm going to give it 6,742. That's a few. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. Sweet, on to me. Uh, my first good thing is that action scenes are awesome. They are preposterous, but they're also very awesome. Favourites are driving through a building, driving into a helicopter, driving along a motorway that's blowing up. Pretty much I love a good driving scene, and there was a lot of really good driving action scenes. Wait a minute. If you love a good driving sp- scene, then why didn't you love speed? Because I have <laughs> fucking brain cells. <laughs> Remember, though, I loved the action and speed. I absolutely loved oh, the action true, and speed. that's true, actually, yeah. All right, I'll allow it. Okay, what's your best thing? I still don't know if speed was a hyperbole sandwich or not, because I did really enjoy that movie. I think watching, I it, know. watching with Kahu, the Captain Dryballs, was probably the, the letdown, really. Because <laughs> the whole time he was like, ooh, this is fucking stupid. I was like, yeah, yeah no shit, movie. it's fucking stupid. It's 90s action. What do you expect, mate? <laughs> yeah. Uh, bad thing, it's missing the X Factor. It's missing. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. Yes, it does. Like <laughs> Die Hard and Die Hard with a Vengeance have that like little bit of X Factor where they've got that amazing bad guy. They've got heaps of like quotes that are infinitely quotable and all that sort of shit. Oliphant sucks in this. He is no dreadful. Oh, oh, we'll have to discuss this later. That can be your controversial answer because <laughs> I have I have opinions. Well, I just find him to be one of the most unthreatening bad guys. In all of bad guys. When he's a cyber nerd. Yeah, like, I know. I get that he's a cyber nerd, but even when he's like trying to be menacing and going to kill someone, I'm like, you ain't going to kill anyone. <laughs> oh, no. See, I found him quite. Men- I-, I thought he had such a good vibe. Like, I was like, yeah, you're really owning this. Like, how mm. funny. Okay, but you, when you compare that to Alan Rickman or Jeremy Irons, who are two of the most awesomest bad guys in well, movie I found history. Jeremy Irons a bit weird, actually. Oh, I love Jeremy Irons. That's what you want. You want that weird. And that muscle top, ah, oh, he was sexy. Oh, that was dreadful. <laughs> if anyone wants to hear my thoughts on Jeremy Irons, go back to the We Watch The Thing uh, guesting episode where we did Die Hard with Vengeance. Funny how we've never done Die Hard too. Yeah. Anyway. We, do that, we can do that next year. We'll consider yeah. it. And then, good thing, I mean, I love Kevin Smith. I love a Kevin Smith cameo. And he pretty much embodies every single nerd that lives in their parents' basement. He's just awesome. <laughs> and oh, yeah, they covered that off. Yeah. It's just as a parting note, it's a good thing. This was way better than I remembered it. I remember watching this and being like, this is shit. This has got nothing on those original ones. But I actually really enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it uh, 7,212. Nice. Not bad. So I'm starting out with uh, my compliment is I just love the storyline, the concept of the fire sale and the attack on Americans' critical infrastructure. I don't think that's been done loads. And I'm quite surprised about that because it's a very real national security threat. It's It's absolutely something that people should be concerned about um my bad thing was the amount of unnecessary misogyny just so many people <laughs> called bitches 
the way John treats his daughter, like, I was just like, this, none of this is necessary. Like, why do they have to be such dicks? Are you talking about um, unnecessary? Is there such a thing as necessary misogyny? Well, I could see if you really <laughs> needed it to develop the character. Like, if it had to be a character trait, then I could put up with it. But yeah, yeah. it actually detracted from the characters. So, in this case, I was like, no, that's dumb. You know, like, if you were doing a movie about Trump, I would expect there to be some misogyny. But in this, there was no need. My final compliment was Lucy. I think the character is great. The actress was great. She was badass. And, um, yeah, she, she really added a good zing to the movie. So I really liked that. As I brought up Speed before and you were saying that you couldn't decide whether it was a shit movie or hyperbole or whatever, I'm exactly the same with this movie because, I re- like I said, I love the storyline. It really appealed to me. Um, I like the sort of way they went about it, except – there's so many things wrong with this movie that it's really hard to like give it a really high score. There's so many things where I'm just like, oh, come on, man. The physics are ridiculous. But I love the idea of the movie. So then what do I give it? I don't know. So Liz, I think you're way gonna... too practical. I don't think we're ever going to get a hyperbole sandwich out of you. I thought this was going to be the <laughs> hyperbole sandwich, but it looks like it's never going to happen. No, yeah, that's well, especially it's because when I watch the movies for this podcast, then it's, I put on my analytical, like I start, you know, making notes about it. And then that makes me think about everything too hard. Whereas if I just sat and watched it and then you asked me for my score at the end, I'd be like, oh, rah, rah, rah. But, hey, um, Kahu and Machu, did you hear that shit? Did you hear what Liz just said? Did you hear about analyzing the movie while you're watching it? Anyway, just continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it well. Uh, so I'm going to give this movie a score of 7,500. Woo! Smack bang between shit and hyperbole because yes. I cannot decide. Good choice. <laughs> Good choice. I thought so. I th- yeah, I thought it was much more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, like it's a really enjoyable movie and it's really brilliant. It's just there's so much stuff where I was just like, you could have done that better. Mm. Yeah. All right, Stacey, so I think that's time for question two. What is it? Okay, what was the biggest dick move of the movie? Why does Timothy Oliphant just keep murdering everybody that works for him? <laughs> good question I mean like he's going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars and he's supposedly being a good guy and I get that he's getting rid of people that w- are doing this for him but like he just gets these computer nerds and no, no different and he's just like alright see ya bye nerds I think it's that he's trying to stop anyone from you know post movie going oh well I helped with that fire sale so maybe I could run my own next and like I'll link up with all my other hacker friends and we'll do this but um, I also wonder if he's just like got got like tunnel vision and he's in there and he's just like yep okay death and destruction this is what we're doing baby and he's like living it still think, a dick Stace? move killing your own people uh okay my biggest dick move is those those bloody fbi douchebags who tell cliff curtis that he's asking for something above his pay grade. Uh, da, 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 da. they're oh. not fbi they're um oh, what are they homeland security and oh. department of okay. defense or something like that but no yeah, it was yeah. nsa and dhs right. NSA, and yeah, actually yeah. It was a stupid line because they wouldn't be, it wouldn't be above his pay grade. It would just be whether he was briefed in or not. So that yeah. was crap. You could see they didn't yeah. really get anyone that was security minded, like knew about security yeah, stuff. Yeah, that whole entire scene was just real douchey. Why, I, I why, just, why would you do that? Would you ever say that to anyone? It's just amazing. Like The entire country is going to shit. And yet they're like, oh, there's above your pay grade. It's like, do you think we've got bigger fucking problems at the moment, dude? Like any information also, right now will fucking help us, you fucking moron. And it was unrealistic because, frankly, I'm pretty sure the head of the FBI cyber division would be yeah. knowledgeable about like a major cyber initiative that they uh, had put in place. Yeah, yeah. good point. Like, I was like, mm, nah, <laughs> that's dumb. What's your um, answer, Liz? Uh, mine is the fact that um, Timothy Oliphant brings um, Lucy into it, like that he 
he makes it personal. I was just like, there's no need for that. Like, John didn't murder your girlfriend because he knew she was your girlfriend. Like, she was mm. attacking him. So why are you now bringing in, like, an innocent girl? That was a bit shit. On top of that, like, you'd think Farrell was playing more of a role in fucking up his plans. You know, like, Farrell's the one that installed something on his computer system that he needed to have oh, uninstalled. Oh, yeah. John McClane's just a moron. Why aren't you bringing in Farrell's family? He knows everything about the guy. Yeah. Like, if you're going to go kidnap somebody, you go kidnap Farrell's mum or brother or sister or something. Yeah, and you know, yeah, yeah, you already knew about Farrell, so that would have been easy from the beginning. Good yeah, exactly. Point. Plus, he thought John McClane had died about three times, so he, he wasn't expecting anything. <laughs> no. I just, yeah, it was super dumb. Also, just quick note there, I thought it was really funny how she's in the lift and then they come to get her and they're like, yeah, FBI agent, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. Wouldn't you find that super weird that an FBI agent had come to get you out of a stuck lift? Yeah, like at she least asked she asked for, for ID. Yeah, she asked yeah for but ID. I'd be like, yeah, but what the fuck are you doing here? I was waiting for building maintenance, yeah. not like, yeah. like special agents. That's true. <laughs> FBI janitor, man. Yeah. I'd just be <laughs> like, what? Yeah, nah, mate, I'm good. We're good. You're good. <laughs> like, yeah. Question three, Sam. Yes, question number three is a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of the amazing man, this Chris Yeni. Chris actually is just an all-round awesome dude who now has a copy of my new book. If you guys haven't bought a copy of my book, you can find a link to it in the show notes. Plug, 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 plug. Um, anyway, what Chris would like to know is what song would we have inserted into this film and where? Okay, you guys aren't going to beat mine because it's fucking hilarious. Okay. Um, I was watching the F-35 scene where the, like, special ops plane, like, flies under the freeway and is, like, <laughs> shooting at the thing. And it was all so ridiculous. Frankly, I think they employed magic to make it happen. So I'm putting in the Harry Potter theme tune. (laughs) (laughs) I know the scene you're talking about, and I said the same thing to Sam. I was like, can planes really do that? They can. It's it's like a jump jet, so it can, you know, like, pause and hover. But also, would it, though? Like, I was just like, there's no way this guy would go and blow up half of whatever city that was freeway. Like, it's causing millions of dollars of damage. Like, I just don't see it from one guy who was from air traffic control or whatever, giving him the code as well. It wasn't even like, <laughs> I'd be expecting to hear it from the fucking president himself. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Above, or herself, you know. That's above yeah. his pay scale. Above his pay grade, yeah, yeah. yeah. Above his pay grade. But somebody's exactly just ordered you to take a missile strike on one of, on a major metropolitan area. <laughs> yeah. Plus, yeah, okay. Plus one of the, yeah, sure. Okay, sweet ass. I might murder sweet. some people, that's okay. I've always wanted to blow up an entire freeway. Exactly. <laughs> it's phenomenal as well that, they have this shit, like, I'm going to get full nude here, but quite often fighter combat isn't at this close range. You know what I mean? Like, that plane yeah. probably would have been about two miles away before it launched a fucking missile because it doesn't want to get hit in the shrapnel, doesn't want to blow up itself. <laughs> I was like, I actually wrote in my notes, I was just like, this fighter pilot better be fired because he did a terrible job. <laughs> He's not good at his job. He, w- he was my answer as well. I'm just going to jump in there. Highway to the danger zone. <laughs> yeah. Fear. Just, I just- was wondering, like, if we were going to just channel speed. And um, put in all the road songs. Yeah, that would have been cool. But yeah, instead I'm going with Top Gun and just channeling that. Yeah, Legit. Yeah, good work. Okay, I'm going with the scene where old, um, what's his name? Oh, John McClane and Farrell are in the car and they're talking about music. So John McClane has on his Credence Clearwater revival and Farrell's like, God, this is crap. And he just hates all his music. I'm like, dude, why don't you put on some music you do like? So in that scene, we could have had Farrell flicking over to some Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Because he just oh, yeah, nice. seems like that kind of guy. Yeah, cyber <laughs> dork. Because you that, saw him like watching that video with the 
sad wailing girl. That so that kind of would have tied in. It's kind of cute because you're changing CCR for MCR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, the other thing I'd like to point out about that song, Welcome to the Black Parade. Like the opening lyrics are, when I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. He said, son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten and the damned? He said, will you defeat them, your demons and all the non-believers and the plans that they have made? Could you imagine being that kid and being like, oh, just fuck off, dad. I'm trying to watch the fucking parade. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> the beaten no, and no, the damned. Like, what the fuck are you on about, dad? Yeah. But that actually works because Matt is like the savior of the broken and stuff. It, yeah, excellent choice. That, works, that would take works. this movie to a whole other level of intelligence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice. Uh, question four: This courtesy of the amazing man, this Dave Baker. Dave has his own Patreon at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. On it, he posts a ton of awesome content. Go check it out in the link down below. What's the question, awesome. Liz? Uh, so, Dave would like to know what two characters you'd like with you at your house party. Okay, I'm going to go with Lucy because she's cool. And uh, I'm still trying to decide who else. Yeah, there's not a lot of appealing people in this, are there? Yeah. Oh, I found it quite easy because I would go with Lucy as well because she's fun and weird and like we'd have Mm. fun. Yeah. And then I'd go with Matt because I have a bunch of cyber nerd friends and he can talk to them about nerd stuff. Uh, Yes. Easy peasy. This is why you have IT nerds around so that you can they can fix your computer and then talk to your other nerd friends. Yeah. He's the most insufferable dickhead in the world. Oh, like, Justin right. Long's character, yeah. he's so annoying. Oh, he, he does get a bit ridiculous where he's like, what, you listen to the news? And I'm like, yes, I get that, like, America's news is <laughs> fucking terrible. Yeah. But yeah. also, like, yeah, he starts getting ridiculous. But then it'd be kind of fun because you could just tear him down as yeah. well. And he'd be like, oh, well, you just blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, well, actually, X, Y, Z. Actually. You two would. You can fight with him. Exactly. That's what, <laughs> Fighting then a fucking. It's a yeah, night out. Oh, no, he's not my type. I like. I'd be more likely to fuck Timothy Oliphant actually. Oh, no surprise there. Absolutely no yeah. surprise there. This one was really easy for me. Yes, Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is amazing. So she's hot. She's gorgeous. She sure is. So I want to have Lucy McLean, and I want to have Lucy Janeiro. <laughs> that's cheating. I don't no, give a okay. fuck if it's cheating because I've had two Tom Hardys before. I think so. Actually, that's fine. <laughs> I don't care if it's cheating. I don't give a shit. She calls herself two different names throughout the film. Fuck it. I, I, there's no one else in this movie I'm going to want. Maggie Q? Do I want a oh, little girl that kicks... Oh, she's a miserable cow, isn't she? Yeah, her I personality want... is terrible. She has no personality. Mm. I don't want a fucking girl that kicks bald men through windows. Like, fuck, I want that. <laughs> exactly. Everyone in you this movie get... hates bald men. <laughs> no, they hate Bruce Willis. It's different. All right. Question. That brings us to question number five. And this is a Patreon question. Courtesy of Julio from the Contrarians podcast, which is an awesome podcast you should check out. Yes, they're going to have me on very soon. Bit of a spotlight. I am going to be on an episode of the best Marvel film that's ever been made, Howard the Duck. I cannot wait. There's a film called Howard the Duck? Yes. You should watch it, it, Liz. It is out of this world. It is out of this world. He's from a different planet. That's all I can say. (laughs) You have to listen to the Contrarians to find out more. Cannot wait. I'll keep it in mind as an option. I'll add it to my list. Okay, so... Uh, the question is, what's your most controversial opinion about this film? So I've got two controversial opinions that sort of wrap up in, with each other. This film would be way better if it wasn't a diehard film. What? Yep. 
I could see that. Oh, like separate. Like, so what do you mean? Like just so the concept of the critical play. infrastructure attack. No, no, but no. Without- you could, like, I, I'm pretty sure this is based on a book or is based on original screenplay. And Die Hard with Vengeance was as well. They basically wrote a movie and like the first 75% of that movie has not been changed at all. And it was like, it wasn't written to be a Die Hard film. And like with this film, if you take, if you keep Bruce Willis in, keep all these guys in, just make him some sort of grizzled cop or something like that. Uh, you don't need yeah. the diehard expectations sitting on this film because then you're going, oh, fuck, this has to live up to Die Hard 1 and Die Hard 3. And you could also have the balls to fucking kill some of these people. Justin oh. Long, Bruce, Bruce, <laughs> oh, sorry, for those playing at home, here was the Stacey comment of the movie. What's going to happen to Bruce McLean? Who the fuck is Bruce McLean? Sorry, sorry. What is going to happen to John McCain? Who's John McCain? I think he was a presidential candidate once. He, he was. I was like, I oh, John McCain does it again. What the fuck is going on? He's a presidential candidate who makes frozen chips. That's exactly who he is. But anyway, yeah, they would have the balls to maybe have killed his daughter or killed Bruce, Bruce McCain. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, they could have killed some of these people and it would have been awesome. So there you go. That actually rolls really nicely into my opinion, so I'll just jump in. I actually think this is as good as the previous Die Hard movie. Shut up! <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off! <laughs> this, that's blasphemy, Stacey. Come on, man. Seriously? Yes, yeah, I serious. agree. Oh, I hate both of you. <laughs> <laughs> you get a past birthday girl, but Ginger Princess, hey, you're they're very just, nice. They're just light-hearted, fun action movies, and I don't see the I don't see the difference. Nick Haskins is jizzing his pants because he thinks Die Hard is amazingly overrated. So <laughs> there you go, well done. You've won the Nick Haskins vote this week. Not that we're having a vote on anything, but congratulations. Um, no, I think the only difference, really, I, you could make an argument that Bruce Willis is phoning it in a bit in the later ones. Oh, but, or phoning um, it in? <laughs> I think that's an insult to phones. Oh, <laughs> poor Bruce. He's a bit old. He's a bit tired. A bit over it. He's clearly over it. Well, I my controversial opinion was kind of a bit more like of the topic of the film, which was that I actually feel like Gabriel has a pretty good point. I mean, I'm not Ooh. sure I would have made said point by you know killing a lot of people, but yeah, governments are really bad at in businesses as well. It's not just governments, but generally speaking, people are really shit about being cognizant of the threat that cybersecurity poses. And I say this because you there's just so many stories about you know, cyber attacks and companies losing hundreds of millions of dollars. If anyone's interested in that kind of stuff, I thoroughly recommend you go read the Wired story about not pet you. Um, it's insane. In fact, I might bring that up later in the podcast. But um, yeah, like when I first watched this, I was like, I'd be pretty pissed if I was Gabriel too. I, I find it insane that he basically hacks NORAD in front of a whole bunch of people. And then they still just ignore him. They're like, oh, well, fuck it. You know, fired. See you later. Like, yeah, yeah, what? 100%. Well, they don't like being embarrassed. That's the thing. You can see like those yeah. guys in those positions of power be like, oh, he's just one guy and he's got all the inside scoop and he probably like found some passwords written on my desk. So <laughs> I, I feel like this is something that New Zealanders have trouble watching American movies because Americans are very proud people. We're very like self-deprecating. So when we watch these people that are like yeah. too proud to get over things, we're like, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? <laughs> yeah, I'd just be like, oh, damn, son. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. You, okay. can, you yeah, can do that, You make mate. a good point. Cool. Yeah, you put together a working group, see what, what ideas you got. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're up to question six, which is a Patreon question. Uh, it's brought to us by the delightful Emily Higgins of the Tasteless Podcast. Uh, definitely recommend you check it out. It is a podcast where she compares a movie that everybody loves and a movie that she loves and explains why the movie that she loves is better than the movie everyone loves. 
And yeah, that's great. And she's great. So what would she like to know? Yeah, this week she did The Town is um, not nearly as good as Reindeer Games, both Ben Affleck films, one of which is, I don't even know where to start. Anyway, uh, (laughs) what Emily would like to know is which side character named Lucy McLean would have the best spin-off movie? (laughs) That's not what I've got written down. Well, that's my answer. I thought I'd get it in there before you guys did, but clearly everyone knows about my adulation for Lucy McLean. I don't need to go into it any further. She's a fucking badass. But what would the movie be? Just take her names and kick an ass. Well, here's the thing. Charlize Theron has recently, there, there was a tweet that came out that said, all these lesbian ro- Christmas rom-coms are great, but where's our lesbian diehard film where Charlize Theron's a pissed off woman trying to get her wife back? And then Charlize Theron saw that, quote tweeted, and was like, sign me up. And I was like, fuck, imagine that. Imagine a diehard <laughs> film of Charlize Theron in the lead trying to get her wife back. Imagine if that was Lucy McLean. Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Charlie's Ferran. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, well, let's totally, like, rewrite the script, oh, man. My God, let's Jesus write the script. Christ. Let's share it with Charlie's Theron. We could be making this next year. Let's yeah. do it. Start writing, Sam. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, excellent choice. What about you, Stace? Well, hey. <laughs> Love that. Uh, okay, well, I. it's got to be old um, Bowman, Cliff Curtis. <gasps> He's, I chose Bowman. Did you? Yes. He just he does such a good job in this film and he's like seems like such a good guy. Does he? Yeah, no, so he personally does. Yeah, the just, actor does a good job of the character. The character does a shit job of his job. Yes. Exactly. And opinion. everyone yeah. around him, like the situation that he's in does not help him. Like it's in, Oh yeah, it's he's he's dealing with idiots. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Like I'll the, talk more about Like this the later. chick who's like, Oh, don't talk about a fire cell. There's no proof that that would ever work. The proof is literally in front of you on the screen right now, bitch. Yeah, like, yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I thought, you know, because um, Cliff Curtis is Kiwi, so I'm always up for a bit more of a Kiwi in a film. And, um, yeah, I figured the FBI cyber division would see some shit. So we're going to be writing some scripts. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, so question seven. Which two characters are the other podcasters' spirit animals? Ooh, time to throw the cat amongst the pigeons. There were no cats or pigeons. Yeah. What? Well, you said spirit animals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I bet that we all have the same, but I'm intrigued to see what you guys do. <laughs> I don't no. know. Or, no. Okay, I'll go no. first. Okay. Liz, I think that your spirit animal is Gabriel. Oh. And it's interesting because I didn't know that you would agree with his point of view, obviously, before you saw it. But I just thought you would. I just thought his intentions were quite good, but maybe his delivery not so much. I, that absolutely sounds like me. Actually. I also had Gabriel because he's like he's got this like level of arrogance and narcissism and belief that he's really intelligent, but he also has this frailty about him. <laughs> so, oh my god, you guys are seeing into my very soul, <laughs> freaking me out. But I love that actually. Like I wouldn't have thought mm. that you would say Gabriel, but now that you've said that, I'm like, yeah, I can legitimately like would have probably done less of the murder stuff. So if Gabrielle yeah. was a woman, I don't know about that. that. I think you probably would be way more into the murder. I feel like you've got this need to sort of prove yourself and prove that you know what you're doing and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I just, sure you know, do. try to come across intimidating, a bit more of a pussycat, you know, meow, you know. And I've studied cybersecurity, so clearly I'm on the same, you know, um, yep. knowledge level as Gabrielle in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally yep. know as much as he does. I could absolutely hack at a NORAD with a laptop. Okay. My so my spirit animal for Sam is old Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> That's my choice too. Absolutely Warlock. Yes, it is. And I loved 
I laughed when you were like, I love Kevin Smith because I was like, good, because I've made you Kevin of Smith. Of course it's He's a Kevin lazy, Smith. cheeky shit, but he's also quite smart and pretty onto it and thinking about the end of the world and stuff. And I was like, yep, that's pretty much lazy. Yeah. No, I, okay, let's not call it lazy, but Sam would just love if he didn't have to go outside into the world and he could just have everything come to him, like you yep. know, all of the information and all of the everything. The bit where you see people. him on that, that seat where he's just like relaxed out on that seat <laughs> and he's got his drinks in hand and he's got his big computer. I was like, exactly. Sam would yes. love that setup yes. with his podcasting mic yes. on one side and you know, his <laughs> book writing screen on another. I kind exactly. of picked him for myself because I'm a massive nerd. And then I picked Stacey for John McClane because she's completely <laughs> out. Yeah. You are totally oh, John McClane. You are I like picked just- Lucy. I was like, she's a badass who takes no shit, but I also, she's hot. Yeah. Uh, and at the same Lucy. time, she complains about how, how like tough her life is and how, you know, she, she's just the person that has to be there to do everything. And, you know, she's this grizzled and all you get out of it is divorce and stuff. Um, future <laughs> podcast episode. Uh, anyway, there, like, there's, there's that. And also, when she's confronted by Kevin Smith, she immediately just starts ripping the piss out of him being a fucking nerd. Every time I start talking about Marvel, oh, I like, I don't give a fuck about this shit. <laughs> oh, actually, now that you say that, yeah, you might be John over Lucy. <laughs> she's totally John McClane. If you put Lucy's hair on John yeah. and turn it red, boom. Yeah. It is Stacey. <laughs> Excellent choices, guys. I oh, like this. Funny. All right. Question eight, Stace. What do we got? Okay. What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? Okay, okay. Hear me out. Do people in this film literally hate their cars? Why do you say that, Sam? (laughs) Because we get that tunnel scene in which people just start driving through the tunnels with their lights on and just like they're all like crashing into each other and all that sort of shit. But then when John McClane gets out of his gets out of his car and then starts trying to confront the helicopter, where are all those people? There's just nothing but empty cars. And it's like people, oh, yeah. have, people have just got out of their cars and done a runner. Same thing when he's driving along the three-way, freeway. Yeah, I thought that. I was just, like, um, yeah. are you just leaving your cars there? They're just leaving cars in the middle of the road. You know, if it was a, like a massive pileup, makes sense. But no, we've got to have the scene where he keeps crashing into cars, crashing into cars. Even though he's following after a van that should be also crashing into cars. Makes it's no sense. It's road. like people just drive their car into the middle of the road. Get out, fuck you, car, and then just walk off. And it's an empty freeway. It's Yeah, it's not like they couldn't have driven their car home. And it's not like there was a massive EMP that rendered them useless or anything. Ex- like, exactly. exactly. And even right at the start, right at the start of the attack, everyone gets out of their car when it comes to a, you know, when it, when everyone, it goes gridlock. Yeah. yeah. And, like, people in New York wouldn't do that. Surely they're in gridlock, like, most of the time. So they'd just be like, yes. oh, it's another traffic jam. Yeah, yeah, they're hightailing it through intersections, even though there's crashes in them. It's, like, legitimately, like, everybody in this movie is just like, fuck my car, I want to get an insurance write-off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was thinking that during the film, I was just like, can you imagine the insurance claims after yeah. this attack? Like, holy mm. shit. Absolutely. If people didn't have jobs before, well, you've got a job now because the insurance company's going to need literally everyone in America to handle the phone lines. Correct. Yeah. Um, Sam, you are going to love my question. Um, or your answer? Oh, I mean, my debate. My, my debate was, um, you know, I was watching it and I was really taken by Matt's situation towards the end. What would you do in Matt's situation? Would you sacrifice your life to save your country? Does this theme perhaps sound familiar, Sam? <laughs> perhaps it it's the theme of a book you recently wrote. Mm. How far would you go to like... Mm. I Save don't want to give spoilers about my book. No, but like <laughs> that's the theme that you've written on the yes. back of your book. So I forget yeah. I could say that. One of them. But, yes. um, yeah, like I th- that really made me think of your book. Like the idea of, you know, you might actually have to give up your own life or whatever to 
to save the world, would you do it? I don't know. Yeah, so, if you if you had to be that guy and like Bruce, yeah, Bruce, like where he's threatening to shoot him in the, him in yeah. the knee or whatever, shoot him in the leg, like, yeah. fuck, that's a big call. You're like, mm, it is. he'll get through anyway, and you know, shooting someone in the kneecap's really bad. So maybe maybe I won't let him shoot me in the kneecap. I don't know. Yeah, I've got too much self preservation. I think if I got pussy out, yeah. What about uh, you, Seth? Okay, so in the middle of the movie, there's a scene where um, Bruce gets all mangled up and Marshall says to him, shit, we need a doctor. Like, he's really in a bad state. Yeah. And Was that the bit where he's, like, fallen down those things and he, like, looks like he should have died and yes. instead he just gets up and drives a car into a person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, mm, this guy's a good neck for someone who's just fallen. Yeah, like, well, like, yeah, so Farrell was like, there. shit, we need a doctor, and he's really concerned about him. And then John McClane says, we don't need a doctor, we need the cops. Mm. And I'm like, okay, dude, first of all, you are a cop. Your boss, you're out, <laughs> on, your own, you're out on your own with no backup. Your boss sent you into this dangerous situation. Don't you realize by now that the cops are fucking useless? Yeah, the in FBI this are world? clearly fucking useless. They're doing nothing to help anything. Yeah, so. Question yeah. on that soon. Yeah. The so cops he, are terrible. Like, there's no law enforcement around any of these things. Like, that helicopter's, like, literally, like, crash into a freaking building or whatever, and then, like, no cops turn up, and you're yeah. like, I'm sorry, even if there is this massive thing, there's this massive explosion, you'd think yeah. some cops would come running. Yeah, exactly. Not to mention the helicopter shooting at them when they're in those police cars, and then the cops return fire, and they can't even kill one dude that's hanging out the side of a helicopter, even though they've got <laughs> machine guns and everything, and it's yeah. just like, how inaccurate aim do you guys have? Like this, oh, yeah. We could talk about how useless the cops are in this for ages, but I yeah, have a question coming So that just is a whole series of philosophical debates there. Absolutely. Although um, I did appreciate the thing where John's like, you know, jumped out of a car and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a bit banged up or whatever. And he's like, how are you doing to Matt? And Matt's like, oh, I skin my knee and my asthma's acting up. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was quality. Okay, there's me. That's my character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anywho, moves us to question number nine, fan favourite question. What quote from this film would be the worst thing to hear just after you finish having sex? All right. The Pentagon just sent an F-35 towards us. Oh. <laughs> That'd be pretty terrifying. What about yeah, you well, A, it'd be scary because you'd be like... What have I just done? And B, you'd be like, oh, I was, what if it was good sex? So you'd be like, well, I'm not going to have a lot of time to do uh, another round because yeah. that F-35 is probably going to be quite quick. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. probably as fast as an F-35. <laughs> what? I wouldn't um, be surprised. What's your answer, Stace? Okay. You wouldn't want to hear this as a kind of lame excuse. I'm a righty. I need my other hand. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you're into it's a, a bit, bit more during, but absolutely. You'd be like, look, just make do with what you got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't make nice. excuses. Uh, the one for me is uh, this is like having a pine cone shoved in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> that did no. bring you to question your technique for sure. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it could be. You might I don't should, know, it you could should be complimentary stop in some way. to shove pine cones in people's asses, I would guess. <laughs> I mean, if you're all about... It was a pineapple, wasn't it? No, it was a pine cone. I looked oh. it up. I suppose oh. if you're all about the girth, it is kind of complimentary, but I mean, that's that's not for me. The, the, other, the other one I had is, <laughs> I'm not a doctor, texture, but, but you look like you're hurt. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, that's not ideal. No. I'm not a doctor, but you look like you're hurt. Oh, yeah, one other one nice. that, that Stacey threw at me while we were watching as well, and she looked at me and goes, here's your answer. Think of them as hardware to your software. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I liked that. I one. like that. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So, question 10. Yes, this is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of the amazing man, this is Dan Brennick of the Netflix and Swill podcast. You guys know Dan. He was on the holiday. He was on Independence Day. He's the man. Go check He's out. He's the his one podcast. that likes Blink 182. Yes. But I can't begrudge him this question because it's a good one. 
Yes. So, uh, Dan would like to know who the MVP of the movie is, but you can't pick John McClane because that's cheating. I'd say, well, you can't pick Oliphant or Justin Long either. It can't be the main characters. Who you got, Stace? I'm going with my main man, um, Bowman. Because he did absolutely nothing to help anyone? Exactly. Exactly. It's it's like... (laughs) So we made the movie go on for longer. Let's just stay out of this. He created action by inaction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My one is... uh, Bruce Willis's pants. John McClane's pants. His yeah, pants. Yeah, they stand up to a lot. Here's the thing. I got knocked out of a luging cart while I was on my stag do, and I slid down maybe three meters of like road, you know, like luge road, and I skinned all the skin off my leg. I couldn't even walk on it. I couldn't do anything. He falls off a plane and then slides down about 20 or 30 meters of freeway and then just gets up and walks away. Have those yeah, pants have ever, must be indestructible. Have you ever thought maybe he's just tougher than you? Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> but yes, the pants stood up to a, quite a lot of beatings. Yes. Mm-hmm. That sounded like a euphemism, and I did not mean it as one. <laughs> sure, Liz. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going with Lucy, obviously. She stands up to her dad. She's always got that, uh, like good snarky answers. Man, she shoots a guy on his damn foot. It was sick. She's yeah. Yeah. as hell. She was, like, she was my She backup. makes she the movie. But I, I yeah. feel like I've already talked about her enough. I, I wanted to focus on a bald man's pants. If I get a chance to talk about a bald man's pants, I'm going to focus on a bald man's pants. Well, good on you. I'm glad you did that. And the beating that Liz wants, Liz wants to give to those pants. <laughs> oh, dear Lord, not to your pants. John McClane's pants. Yeah, I'd probably go there. But yeah. <laughs> Yay! Uh, somebody said that a bald guy is hot and that she wants to have sex with him. This is like the first time in history. I'm going to just like sound alarm. No, there's and... definitely some hot bald dudes. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yes. Just not you. Yeah! <laughs> I can't find you hot. That would be weird. I am pretty fucking hot right now. We are stuck inside a garage in the middle of New Zealand summer, and I'm sweating my balls off. So, okay. Anyway. Well, let's hope that your pants stand up to that. Yes. They're not. All right. Well, uh, let's move on from your pants and move on to your questions, Sam, because we're up to question 11. Correct. So there is a lot of henchmen in this film that get a little bit of screen time, uh, but I found like only one of them got like a real awesome send-off, so I want to know from you guys, or even Tom, Timothy Oliphant. I want to know from you guys which henchman or, you know, or Timothy's character deserved a better, like, you know, more gory or funny or over-the-top death. This question made me think of Trey, but actually I really liked his death because it was just so nothing. And he was such a shithead that I was like, yeah, suck it. You're dead now. Um, Trey but, being the um, computer nerd guy, is that the one? Yeah, yeah, the one that was like the like the main computer the nerd sniveling guy. The like was going to live. Yeah, like, yeah. he got to survive when all the rest didn't. So actually, I'm going back to the guy who didn't like the guns at the start. He's like, uh, what's with all the guns? I thought it was really mean to kill him by a bunch of guns. Yeah. But they could have come up with a nicer way to kill him. It wasn't guns because he didn't obviously like guns. Fair enough. That's my choice. I don't know. I just found that the henchmen in this were so bland and I didn't really attach on to any of them to care that enough about how they died. Yeah. Like I felt like the parkour guy, he got a parkour death and that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then I like that the guy got shot in the foot because that was funny. I thought Maggie mm. Q's death was a bit average, like just falling down a you know elevator well. But it's very gory, though. It's horrific. It was pretty gory, but at the same time, when he drove into her and then started smashing through walls and stuff like that, if she just got shredded on the front of his car, that would have made way more sense. Oh, but it, oh, gross. Mm. Yeah, it would have been gross. Know, Fuck but, who cares? <laughs> but she was very bland, right? So like, yeah. she was so one-dimensional. It was so boring. Actually, that whole bit gave me was just about my philosophy philosophical debate because it was real weird watching him brutalize her like really beat her up and then run a car into her and stuff and i was like 
it's weird because I'm I'm very much equal rights and stuff. Well, that is equal rights. Yeah, exactly. So I was kind of like, well, you can't really be angry that a man beats up a woman, but also at the same time, I'm like, I really don't like when men beat up women. Yeah. So yeah, I found that bit quite tricky. Fair enough. So actually, I kind of like that he drove a car into her because it wasn't him like punching her in the face. Yeah, he yeah. legitimately didn't really kill her. You know what I mean? Like he no, strangled no. her, ran her over, all this other stuff. But he, it was the fall that killed her. He didn't really mm. kill a woman. So I was, yeah. So what was your choice? Yeah, I, I didn't like the snivelly computer guy. I think he should have got a better death than Bruce just walking in and shooting him a couple of times and walking off. I thought that was a bit average. I thought Oliphant's yeah. death as well. I mean, like, Rickman got dropped off the side of a fucking building and Oliphant got shot through Bruce. I mean, it's... Mm. Oh, yeah. He should have been the one dropped off an F-35. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Or, or blown up. Like yeah. what he was doing to the computer nerds at the start. Like oh, yeah, they could have like, trapped computers. him in like a in the gas station or something and he could watch the explosions like coming towards him or something. That'd be yeah. Cool. yeah. So my next question for you guys, um, how would you guys react if your dad showed up at 3am and then dragged your boyfriend out of his car, like Uh, Bruce Willis does to Lucy McLean's boyfriend at the start of this film? I'm pretty sure Stacey and I have the same answer here, Mm. which is that we would be fucking pissed off. (laughs) I'd just be like, piss off, I'm a grown-ass woman, I do what I want, I'll have sex with him right here in front of you. And they wouldn't say that. (laughs) I'd never talk about sex. (laughs) I'd never talk about sex in front of my dad, but... Like, who the fuck? And it, that really pissed me off that they made John like that. There was no need to make him such a misogynistic dick because she's clearly capable and she can clearly take care of herself. So why, I think it would have been such a better bit if he respected her. Like, I didn't mind that he was there seeing her and she, like, they could have had an argument, but he could have been waiting outside her room and being like, look, I've been waiting here for you. Why haven't you come home so, like, why have you come home so late? I could get that. Like, don't be a dick about her seeing a boy. I, I, I like... As a as a you know now father and the way I look at my daughter and how I'd do anything for her, I I don't think I'd be waiting outside somebody's fucking car at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. What about you, Stace? Well, I actually think I'd have a similar re- reaction as Lucy did because it was kind of like she changed her surname. Like, well, he, on the spot, she's like, "Dad, like burn!" Like she knew that yeah, yeah. burn him, yeah. and then she storms off, and she's like, and so that would have really cut deep. No, good on her. And my final question, we've been jumping around this a little bit in this podcast, but why are the FBI people even characters in this film? You know, like we've got Cliff Curtis playing one of them and they've been given a, like a little bit of an arc. I just, I just don't get it. Like why are they even in this film? The, the film could happen completely irrespective of them. So I, I mean, I think that they had to be in the movie because frankly, I mean, the, the FBI cybersecurity division would have had jurisdiction on that, probably though within conjunction with the DHS. It was ridiculous how the DHS and the NSA liaisons turn up and the FBI's like, yeah, fuck off. Because A, I do actually kind of see the FBI doing that. But B, I think the DHS guy would not have just gone, oh, okay. He would have been like, uh, excuse me, DHS owns this kind of thing. And they would have come in with a whole like truckload of people as well. Yeah. So I think actually if the movie was realistic, I think they should have had like a massive ops room with both DHS and FBI working in conjunction, bringing in some of the other agencies because America has like a shit ton of agencies that would want some kind of dominance in here. Cybercom would be in there. And yeah, anyway. Um, but the way they did it, absolutely, they didn't need to have FBI in it. Exactly. Shit. Like they, he calls them in at the end and then they don't even show up. I was yeah. like, there's going to be a payoff here. Like they're going to, they have to have been involved or we have to have established like, you know, these characters for some reason. But it's just, feels like a subplot that sort of fizzled. And you're right. Like if they just used them as shouting over each other, it would have made like a lot more sense. What do you think? Yeah, I think they yeah, they just bunged them in there so that the audience would go, Oh, this is major. Yeah. Like um, Oh yeah. Rather than just John McClain running around with no 
Oh, good point. Like showing that it was like a national security emergency and like taken yeah. really seriously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the only reason. But again, poor, poor job of doing that. I think touching on that, though, I feel like they are bunged in there to show that. Because like if, if they weren't in there, you'd be going, there's no way that this guy and this dude would be responsible for this. But at the same time, because they're bunged in there and shown as being relatively inept and no idea what the fuck they're doing. It actually makes John McClane and Farrell like more important oh, yeah, yeah. and seem more smart and onto it than the other guys. Like it's sort of. But I was actually thinking like the arrogance of John McClane and this one. Like, like he's like, all right, we're going to have to solve this. What do you think's the answer? I'm like, there's like literally an entire department of people whose job is to work this out. Like the yeah. fact that you think you can work it out. And you don't even know anything about computers, mate. So, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. it just really cracked me up. I was like, I get that that's John McLean's way, but it kind of was a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Fair enough. Moves us over to Stacey's questions. Okay. So, earlier in the movie, Gabriel sets it up. So, two streams of traffic enter the tunnel facing each other, driving towards each other. They kind of stop when they see lights coming the other way. Why did Farrell jump out of the car into oncoming traffic in both directions? How John McCain even that? says to him, stay in the car. And he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just yeah. doesn't like John McClane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. What's your answer, Sam? Yeah, I mean, we've had this established throughout the early part of the film. He hasn't had anything to eat. He's really hungry. <laughs> what? <laughs> So he's just going to go find a snack. Yeah, in the middle like, of a in this the middle car of a has motorway. No food. <laughs> Kiosk on the side of. Thank the you tunnel. for the Stacey answer, Sam. Here, there we go. There's the yes. Stacey. I'm ch- I'm- <laughs> listeners, listen, listeners. By the way, I've channeled Stacey for all of my answers for this, just for you guys. Yay. I'm giving Stacey answers to all of Stacey's questions. I I'm going with a Stacey answer for this question too. I've decided that he recently watched Independence Day, and you know the bit where like the fire comes through the tunnel. And uh, Will Smith and the dog survive uh. by like hiding in a little cabinet on the side. It's Will Smith's so maybe wife. He went, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's Will Smith's wife. Yeah. So he watched that like yesterday, the day before, and he was just like, <laughs> oh, if I get out of here and I find like a little cabinet on the side of the, the freeway, I'll yeah. survive. Okay. Good answers, guys. Very creative. So. Okay. My next question is, what character would you replace with a talking dog? I would replace <laughs> all characters in this film with talking dogs. <laughs> I want to see it's over the top. Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> One talking dog is fine, but all of them? Oh, you're out of your, out of, out of your mind. Die Hard with a Vengeance or Die Bark. <laughs> yes. Live free or bark terrible. hard. Live free or bark hard. I want to see that. I want to see every single character replaced by talking dogs. I want to see Kevin Smith as a talking dog. I want to see Bruce Christ. Willis as a talking dog. So a third script we have to write now. Oh, yes, we're going to be busy over the holidays. Yeah. I if you guys thought Cats was bad, wait till you see the shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Release the butthole cut the of Die Hard because... talk, Talking Dogs. <laughs> I went with the wall up because he's uh, a genius yes. and, like, wants to hide his identity. So I mm. think he could have been, like, when they turn up at his house, he's, and he's supposed to be, like, the wizard, right? Like, they're like, oh, we have to go see the wizard. We have to go see the warlock. Yeah. They played that whole Wizard of Oz thing. So they should have played it further. And, like, when they turn up at his house, there was still just a scream with the talking dog. And he's like, huh? You thought you'd find me that easy. I don't think so. And then ah. it's just the talking dog the whole time. Yes. Just like a wheezing pug, something like that. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That would have been a good choice. That would have been great. That would have actually worked yep. in this movie, unlike Sam's idea. What? <laughs> An entire diehard film of talking dogs. Could you imagine it? Well, I, I did, don't want to. You just made me watch Howard the Duck last night, and so I've still got nightmares yeah. going through my head. You could replace um, Tim, Timothy Oliphant with something that thinks it's aggressive, but it's a real pipsqueak like a chihuahua, something like that. He could be just this I little found yappy him, dog. I found him really um, quietly menacing. Yeah. 
because he obviously cared so much. And I was like, yeah, anyway, mm. who cares? You think what you want. I don't care. You're not <laughs> the boss of me. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Not ever. Okay, that brings yeah. me to my final question. Why did Lucy suddenly change her surname back to McLean when she was in the lift? Okay, college is a real confusing time for girls, and girls like to experiment <laughs> oh when they're God. at college with like different identities and stuff. So why don't you try being more sensitive, okay? <laughs> You're such a twat. You're a dick, Sam. There's yeah. a dick out there. <laughs> Biggest She's just experimenting. Okay. I think her name is probably McLean all the time. Like she actually goes by that as her name. But she just uses Genera only when she wants to piss off her dad when he's being a total uh, yep. misogynistic douche. Yeah, that makes That's sense. That's what I do. Cool. Is that my questions? Yes. Yep. All right. So question 17 uh, is the first of my questions. And I want to know which character you think is the biggest sociopath. I We've mentioned him, the sniveling bloody computer nerd dude. Trey. Yeah. Yeah, Trey. That like yep, totally, I agree. totally gets his kicks when he knows that all the other ones are going, all the other guys are going to get killed. It was like, have you not done the fucking maths here? This is like the the Joker's scene at the start of Dark Knight, where one after the other, the other, they're killing each other. Like they know they've been told to kill someone. Surely there's someone above them is going to kill them. So I don't know mm. why he's being so sniveling and like, hey, it's that time. <laughs> like he could have saved them and he didn't. And I just thought it was really rich how he was like super excited to like kill everyone, like do all the stuff that would kill them, and then. He's like, oh, I can't put two lines of traffic running together. And you're like, oh, piss off. Mate. Yeah, that was bullshit. And the fact that you hadn't thought about any of this beforehand, that's what makes you a sociopath. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Really? No, no one's going for Timothy Oliphant. I was ready to make an impassioned plea well, about how he thought he was oh, going to I've already dunked on him he, long he kind, Yeah, I was thinking of him, but I'm like, he kind of does care about people. Like, he's not as violent and mean as he could be. Maybe Mai was the biggest sociopath because oh. she seemed to have no emotion. Yeah. Actually, yes. I'm yeah, sorry, Mai. I forgot about yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, they were all pretty fucking terrible, frankly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Moving on to question 18. Uh, we've mentioned this a smidge before. What was the most preposterous disregard for physics in this film? It was probably my favourite piece of action in the entire film, and I loved it. You so, do love a bit of action. So it was, yeah, it was preposterous, but it was awesome, is when John's car catapults up the ramp and into the helicopter of the bad got baddies helicopter. I was out of bullets. Yeah, yeah, I was out of bullets. And it was just, it just jumped up so high and so perfectly aimed and... Oh, it was just so cool. It was absolutely stupid. It was, it's yeah. the easy answer, but that's because yeah. it's the right answer. That's the one that everyone always says on, online. But actually, there's a bit I think is worse. I think the bit where the F-35 is blowing up the freeway and then one chunk of the freeway just lands perfectly for him to just drive up at yeah. the exact time. Oh, I was yeah. like, yes. oh, piss off. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Like, yes, was that's a- where I was just like, okay, no, you've a Officially crossed into ludicrousness. Also, also, I I noticed this as well when he first started driving that truck, and that he gets kind of the truck's leaning over and leaning over, and he's leaning the other way, and it comes back right. I'm like, no, that entire scene deserved the Harry Potter theme music. Like it was all magic. My answer is basically was like the ramping the car into the helicopter. Sure, whatever the hell was happening with the jump jet and the truck on the bridge. Correct. We've already talked about that. <laughs> My other one was that one at the start where he's gone to get feral and then he throws that fire extinguisher down the hallway and then shoots oh, the yeah. fire extinguisher and then it explodes a dude out the window. And out then, the window? 
yeah, out the window. And that's actually just jogged my memory of another line that I don't want to hear straight after sex, which is, I guess the circus is in town. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, so then finally question 19. Um, do you think that society is more or less prepared now for a cyber attack of this nature than when the film was made? Which was 2007, by the way. I don't know all the behind-the-scenes workings of this, but I think we're probably about the same. I can't see things having improved. I think the, the, the level of threat and the number of threats have probably increased as, as, at the same time as the knowledge about how to prevent things from happening. It's one of those things where I feel like the private sector often outpaces the public sector in terms of pretty much anything in, in work, really. Mm. And I feel like the n- number of people out there that are hacking and that find that way more financially rewarding than the number of people that know about hacking that work for the government. You know what I mean? Like mm. comparative to each other, I feel like it's, it's even more or less like I think as soon as the government catches up on something, there's a whole bunch of people out there that have come up with something new and different and all that sort of shit. So I'd say, yeah, relatively about the same. I don't think you'd see the FBI cyber division being quite as useless now, <laughs> one would hope, although the FBI generally is pretty useless, sadly. Um, oh, dunking on the FBI! That's how I roll, which is hilarious, because that's like my dream job is to go work for the FBI. So the alphabet men are going to come and get you, Liz. I'm telling you now. Hey, I've got a, just another physics thing, just before we get into our last question. Right yeah. at the start of the movie, all the, is it, all the FBI guys are in the room, and then there's a flicker on their screens, on all their computer screens, and they're like, oh, we've been hacked. Like, yeah, how do they know? What, what IT department in the world sees a flicker on the screens and even worries about it? Yeah, I've yeah. never heard of an IT department. And that's especially if you're the cyber, <laughs> if you're the cyber division, then you would expect. Well, I mean, no, I would say you probably would expect that they would know that, but then they showed to not really know much, and they yeah. obviously didn't think that there was a big attack happening. So they obviously, so it's weird that they knew that they'd just been hacked but then still didn't believe it later. Like, that was super yeah. strange. Cool. All right, so we've only got question 20 left. Uh, this is a Patreon question. It is brought to us by the delightful Nick Haskins of Nikolai's Kitchen Podcast, where he talks about all sorts of fun things to do with food. As Ooh, as fun I'm things aware. to do with food. Yum, yum. Getting lewd um, with the food. Get nah, no. With the food. Different, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> you never know. You, you don't know what Nick's into. Okay, so um, I would like to know, and by I would like to know, I mean Nick would like to know, how would this movie have ended if it was a Shakespearean comedy or tragedy? I'd just like to point out that Stacey loves this question, Nick. She is the biggest fan of this question. <laughs> yeah, I think it's creative and cool, and it makes you really think about the movie. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. So I think for this to be more of a tragedy, some of the good guys have to die. Yeah. So... See you later, John McLean. That would be tragic. <laughs> no, that would be good because then we wouldn't have had Die Hard 5. I've never seen Die Hard 5 and don't. I refuse to. And if any of our Patreons are listening that can request us to do a movie, don't. Nah, it was <laughs> really disappointing. I was really disappointed. Yeah. Uh, the real tragedy for me would have been if Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, Lucy, had actually hooked up with Justin Long's character. <laughs> you know, as it was intimated oh. at the end. Justin Long was macking off of Lucy. I would have been like, fuck you, movie. Yeah, that would have been shit. You would have just been like, that would have been a tragedy for the last two hours of your life. You would have been like, you've just ruined it for me. Absolutely ruined it. Uh, Like, two things. Uh, Obviously, that just doesn't make any sense. The second thing is it would give me a fleeting sense of hope that there's a chance that I might be able to hook up with Mary Elizabeth Winston. (laughs) If he can score, I can score. I'm figuring. No. Mm, Totally. No chance. 
He's got hair. That's <laughs> <laughs> so mean. <laughs> but does um, he have dickheads for friends? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I had a thought about this, and I think that to make it a Shakespearean tragedy, Lucy should have died, died first, and that should have been how McLean got involved because, yeah, mm. yeah like the idea of that tragic waste and he's, he's on a fight to conquer evil. And then he would have had to die in the end trying to revenge her death and Timothy Oliphant would have gotten away free. Ooh. And that would have been super bummer. So yes. I'm glad they didn't go that way. Yes. That's pretty evil. Yes. Cool. I know, all right. right. All right. That brings us to the end of the podcast. We're all done. We appreciate you listening. Um, and if you'd like to know a bit more about the podcast or anything, t- uh, Sam will now give you a little rundown of where you can find us. Absolutely. If you want to get in contact with us, you can send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In or Facebook at Movie Reviews In 20Qs. We are also on Instagram now. I occasionally post artwork for each episode up on there. Don't really do much on it. But if you want to go and interact with us on that, you're more than welcome. We love hearing your guys' feedback. Some upcoming episodes, there will be a vote on Twitter for what Christmas uh, episode. I mean, it's going to be a Christmas party because we're going to have movie reviews in 20Q's Christmas party and it's going to be me, Kahu and Machu next weekend doing a Christmas comedy that's come out recently. So we're going to have a choice between the night before office Christmas party, Daddy's Home, I don't, apparently that's Christmas related according to Machu, and Bad Mums Christmas movie. So Whoa. Somebody, I like the Bad Mums. So please movies. get on there and vote for the night before because I bad actually mums. enjoy that movie. Bad Mums. Bad Mums. Bad Mums is awesome. Bad Mums Christmas yeah. movie is t- fucking horrendous. Oh, I haven't seen that one. No. Exactly. So don't stop, <laughs> stop yeah, I'm not campaigning doing it, so for I don't shit care. you don't understand. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not doing it. You're so. the reason why we didn't legalize. It's people like you voting on stuff that you don't know anything about. Excuse me, I voted yes for... Canada. Yeah, I know you voted yes on that. I'm talking about other people voting on things they don't know anything about. Yeah, okay, fine. But everyone should vote for Bad Mums Christmas just because it'll piss off Sam. <laughs> oh, the end. so bad. So okay, bad. now I'm the host of this uh, podcast. I get to cut Sam off here and say vote for Bad Mums Christmas. And yeah, does anyone have anything else to say? No, that's it. No, thanks for yep, me. Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. Cheer, cheer.